On today's Locked on Jayhawks, previewing the Kansas game against West Virginia on Saturday. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be previewing the Kansas-West Virginia matchup in the third Big 12 game of the season for the Jayhawks. First, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Top storylines for the game number one, KU struggles in Morgantown. Uh, Bill Self is just four and six in Morgantown. That's his worst record among any of the road venues in Big 12 play. And uh, for a while, I think Texas Tech was up there. Obviously, Stillwater was up there, too. But since West Virginia has joined, they've given Kansas a lot of trouble. And it's been a combination of things. West Virginia has had some really good basketball teams. Obviously, it's just tough to beat them at all, let alone when you're playing in Morgantown. You're traveling a long way. It's a tough place to play. Different style of arena. It's kind of like this concrete arena that maybe it takes a little longer to adjust to to shoot in there. But it's just it's a tough place to play against a good Hall of Fame coach. And a good team usually. Um, and so far, West Virginia is unbeaten at home to this point in the season. They've kind of kept up with that. They've had a nice bounce back year after having a tough season a year ago, expected to be one of the worst teams in the Big 12. We don't know how it's going to play out because the quote unquote worst team in the Big 12 could finish like a game back of like fifth or sixth place. It could just be a, a jumbling of things. So I don't know where they're going to finish, but certainly they're better than people would have thought coming into the year. That certainly is going to be a challenge. Now, Kansas won last season in Morgantown. And a lot of the years that KU um, has won in this series have led to great Kansas seasons. I don't know if that's indicative of, hey, when you win in Morgantown, that proves that you are this good of a team, or if it's just kind of a happenstance of, of weird things that have happened. But last season, you won in Morgantown, went on to win the national title. Uh, you won in Morgantown in the 2019-20 season, that team would have been the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Then you win in 2018 in Morgantown, and that team makes the Final Four. Those were your last three wins in Morgantown, and all of those seasons ended up being pretty special, uh, pretty remarkable seasons for Kansas. So maybe it's indicative of, of what the team could be, and, and we'll see if this team can win another one in Morgantown and get Bill Self closer to 500 playing on the road against West Virginia. The second storyline of this one, Kansas looking to get another win in a hostile environment. This kind of links together with that. So far, so good for Kansas in hostile environments. Now, they've played games away from home against Duke and in the battle for Atlantis, but those being neutral sites and to a certain standpoint, KU always traveling well, it's not a true road game. The only true road games Kansas has played so far, Missouri and Texas Tech. And in both of those cases, both teams, good teams, but also possible NCAA tournament teams, but also both teams, a hostile environment. And there were differentiating factors to why they would be hostile environments. Like West Virginia will just be a hostile environment because 
they're playing Kansas and Kansas is the team with the target on their back. And whenever they go on the road in the big 12, that's the big sellout game for students and for fans. Although I can't imagine students will be back yet um, outside of the ones that are just local. And like, that's going to be the team everybody's circling of like, that's the team we have to beat. That's the team we're going to show up for this season. So it's always going to be a hostile environment and a tough environment from that standpoint for Kansas. But with the Missouri one, it's the first game back in Missouri in a decade. That's obviously a huge rivalry. So that's a different type of venomous environment with Texas Tech. It was because of the Kevin McCuller stuff in addition to just normally Kansas playing on the road. So this one won't be maybe that venomous as, as those two, but it will be certainly a hostile environment. So far, so good. You have a blowout win at Missouri. You have a close win at Texas Tech, but a win that probably they, they look like the better team for, I don't know, 36, 37 minutes of the game. I guess outside of the first four minutes and maybe the last like two minutes. So, for, you know, for 34 minutes of the game, they were clearly the better team and probably a game you shouldn't have even had to have a close game. So, so far, so good in passing those road tests. And you have a lot of players that you think handle those environments well, like Jalen Wilson can feed off it. Dewan Harris, just unbothered by it. He's so composed. Uh, Grady Dick can feed off it. So uh, I think KJ Adams just feeds off all energy, whether it's good or bad. He just feeds off any energy so i think this kansas team built well to play on the road and, and so far so good we'll see if they can do it again in morgantown on saturday uh the third storyline a leg up on the big 12 title race currently kansas sitting at 2-0 and if you win this game you're sitting at 3-0 and to begin big 12 play and especially with this week playing at texas tech at west virginia if you're 3-0 and with two road environments that a lot of other teams that are competing for the big 12 title could lose at least one of them. If not both of them too, that's a really nice notch up that you have on some of your other competition. And for West Virginia specifically, they're going to have a big impact with their next two games. Because if we think of Baylor as being one of the other top title contenders for the big 12 with Kansas, well, Kansas plays at West Virginia on Saturday, then Baylor plays at West Virginia on Wednesday. So if one team between Baylor and Kansas wins and the other one loses there's your notch up on maybe one of the other for being a big 12 title contender so kansas you win and then baylor loses on wednesday that's an even bigger deal especially because baylor still would have to go to lubbock to take on texas tech the final big storyline coming into this one west virginia trying to get off the schneid uh they had a great non-con but they are owing two to start big 12 play which scares you a little bit because they're looking for their first win on top of it in a tough big 12 conference. But last year they had a great start to the season. They went 13 and two to open up, but then they finished just 16 and 17. They failed to make the NCAA tournament for this year's team. After starting 0 and two, they really could use a victory here to try to boost their NCAA tournament hopes. And so they're trying to get off the schneid. They're going to be playing desperate. They're going to be playing at home. This is going to be really tough for Kansas to come out on top. All right. In just a second, we're going to get onto our West Virginia scouting report. Then we'll finish up with our matchups of the game. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me or you want to eat a little healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've just got the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. It's perfect for your New Year's resolution. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars, which you can still do at Built.com. 
but now you can also get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Just run in the store, grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later with Bilt Bar. Scouting report of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Overall, they're 10-4 and on the season. They are 0-2 in Big 12 play. They are top 30 if you look at Ken Palm. They're top 35 if you look at Evan Miyakawa's website, and they are top 20 on Bartorvik. They actually were ranked really high in the preseason on Bartorvik, and I was like, ah, I don't know about that, but so far so good for, for how they've had the season outside of their uh, 0-2 Big 12 start. Uh, but the best wins, they have a top 50 win against a Florida team on a neutral court by 29 points. They won on the road against a top 70 pit squad that um, has looked pretty darn good to start ACC play by 25. And then they beat a, a top 60 UAB squad that's probably going to be, if they make the tournament, like an 11 or 12 seed, that's going to be a sexy sweet 16 pick for people. They beat them at home by 11 points. So those are the best wins. Their losses have come by 12 to Purdue, one of the best teams in the country. Xavier on the road by 10 for their top 20 team. And then recently they lost in Big 12 play at Kansas State in overtime. So tough place to play. Kansas State clearly is very good, and they lose in overtime. And then you have a close loss on the road at Oklahoma State earlier this week. So this is their Big 12 home opener, uh, which makes it possibly even a more uh, brutal environment for KU. Now, offensively, this is not some of the classic West Virginia teams that just muck it up and full court press and can't score shoot, but they're going to get a lot of rebounds. They're actually a top 30 offense right now. They shoot it at a nearly 37% clip from three. They have a real good rate on two-point looks, too. They're top 50 in effective field goal percentage. They avoid getting shots blocked. They're not great at avoiding turnovers, but they're above average at it. They're not bad at it. And they also get to the foul line a ton. They collect one of the best offensive rebound rates in the country. That certainly scares you a little bit for Kansas because we've seen that at times. Although lately, that hasn't really been a storyline for Kansas. So maybe they have kind of shored that up. I guess we'll find out in this game against West Virginia. Now, defensively for the Mountaineers, this is a top 40-ish defense in the country. Certainly worse than like Oklahoma State or Texas Tech, but still solid overall. Like it's much better than teams like Seton Hall or Missouri. They force a ton of turnovers. They take a ton of charges. They create chaos. They create pressure on you. They speed you up. So then all of a sudden you're you're creating all these self-inflicted turnovers and giving the ball away on steals. They do rank outside the top 300, though, in the rate in which they put teams at the line. So this team is, has been a good offense. They shake that notion from past West Virginia teams. But the one thing that they are very similar to the past West Virginia teams, very physical. That leads to the offensive rebounding rate, which is really good. It also leads to them getting fouled a lot. It also leads to them fouling a lot of other teams. Going to put Kansas at the line. Kansas has not been very good on free throws this year. You're going to have to take advantage of them in an environment like this. So get ready for lots of free throws, maybe for both sides in a game like this. And, and navigating foul trouble going to be important for both teams. They've also been an average defensive rebounding unit. So they've been really good on the offensive side. They've just been average so far on the defensive side, but in their two big 12 games, they have been dominant defensive rebounding. So if, if that's the trend that's going to continue, then you could have a really good defensive rebounding team. If it's more of what the season would say, then they're just kind of average. They also don't really block a lot of shots, like no saga, but Kanate in the middle of the defense, just, just shutting everything down. Now, as far as what their lineup looks like, 
Uh, they play two smaller lead guards with Joe Toussaint kind of leading the way at point guard for them. And then they have a uh, six four three man in Eric Stevenson, who's a really good shooter. It's kind of a smaller one through three. We'll see if Kansas can take advantage of the size advantage at the two and three positions when Grady Dick, Kevin McCuller are kind of your two and three. Uh, but also could mean a good game for Bobby Pettiford, kind of trying to match up with another lead guard. But then they play kind of true bigs at the four and five. Like the four man can stretch it a little bit, but he is a true big man. Um, so that's a challenge in its own for, for a team like Kansas. Yeah, kind of similar to Texas Tech when Kevin O'Banner is at the four. Like he is a big man, gets rebounds, but he can really stretch it. Now, Trey Mitchell, West Virginia's four, can't stretch it or shoot it nearly as well as Kevin O'Banner, but kind of that same ilk. Uh, for West Virginia off the bench, they're going to throw good size at you. They have a lot of um, big wings, six foot five, six, 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 seven, you know, big men that are down low that are going to be rugged and kind of body up with you. Eric Stevenson, who I mentioned, their six, four guard, who's going to play a lot at the three. He'll play some at the two. Also, he's leading the team over 14 points per game. He's shooting 45% from three. So what they lost by losing Sean McNeil from last year, they've pretty much made up for with Eric Stevenson. He can be a guy that gets hot and, and really torches you from the outside. Trey Mitchell, who I mentioned, they're starting four man. He's 6'9", 225 pounds, formerly at U, uh, UMass, transferred to Texas last year, had an up and down year, and then he transferred out, ended up at West Virginia this year. He's getting 13 a game, almost five and a half rebounds, over 50% from the floor. He's shooting over 38% from three on solid volume. So he's a, he's a very, very good player, very talented guy. Uh, Emmett Matthews comes off the bench sometimes. He's a six foot seven wing, and they'll play him at the three and the four, kind of depending how they want to play the lineup. You can play Trey Mitchell at the four or the five. You can play Emmett Matthews at the three or the four, depending if they want to play big or small, but he uh, can really score. It gets around 11 per game, 48% from the floor, 43% from three. So really efficient shooter. Uh, then you have the, the kind of two smaller lead guards, the center who's going to mainly play is Jimmy Bell, and he is just a space eater. Six foot 10, 285 pounds, just kind of a lurking center inside. He only scores six per game, so he's not really a refined scorer, but he can really clog the lane defensively. He's going to box guys out. He'll get over six rebounds per game. He's going to open rebounds up for other players, and he'll be able to defend big men kind of down low. So as strong as K.J. Adams is, Probably doesn't have the strength advantage this time against Jimmy Bell. Now, if you're wondering about pace for this team, they're kind of about dead average in terms of the Big 12 or uh, in terms of the country so far this season. All right, in just a second, we're going to get to our matchups of the game here with Locked on Jayhawks. So matchups of the game. The first one, the battle of the game managers. Dewan Harris is so good for Kansas. He comes off the great game against Texas Tech in which he had 18 points three assists. We've seen him have other games where he has eight, nine, ten assists in a game. He just does whatever you need him to to try to get that victory for Kansas. And in a game against West Virginia that could be rugged in a hostile environment, you love having that guy to lead the way for you at the point guard position to keep everything calm and composed. Joe Toussaint, the West Virginia point guard, is kind of cut from that same cloth for West Virginia. I, I don't think he's as good as Dewan Harris, but in terms of being a guy who he's not necessarily going to score a ton. He's only shooting 30% from three, though with Dewan after the Tech game, I think you feel better about his three-point shooting than Toussaint. Uh, but Toussaint's just a really good defender, and he really keys them getting into good spots. He just runs the show well. 
not somebody who has to fill up the stat sheet, but he'll impact the game in a lot of positive ways. He's actually number one. If you look at Evan Miyakawa's website in BPR for the team rating, he's number one on the team, despite not having maybe as many points per game or rebounds per game or shooting percentages, a lot of these other guys. And he's number two on offense. He's number two on defense. So good defender. Good offensive player getting them into the right situations. That's the same for Dewan Harris. Now, you like Dewan Harris in that matchup, but um, certainly if Joe Toussaint has kind of an out-of-body game or Dewan has a, a struggling game or has one of those games he gets in foul trouble, that's a big advantage for West Virginia. Matchup number two, Kansas shooting from the outside slash pulling the big men from the hoop. It's going to be a tough inside, as a lot of teams have found with Trey Mitchell and Jimmy Bell on the inside. Can KJ hit some more of those push shots? We show, or even the the mid range, the little twelve footers that we saw him get kind of shooters rolls on against Texas Tech. Can Kansas hit consistently from three? So far, they've done just that in their first two Big Twelve games. You probably got to do it again in a game like this on the road, where they can really clog up the lane and they have those big men down low. Or if you can't, if you can at least stretch out. You know, Jimmy Bell, because he's he not really fleet of foot necessarily. So if you can at least pull him out to the mid range where KJ Adams is, and then maybe you can pull Trey Mitchell out with Jalen Wilson on the outside, you can open up some of those driving lanes for others. I do think this is a big game in this ilk for KJ Adams to hit some more of those mid range shots. He's been hitting so far in the two Big 12 games. If he can continue to do that and hit two or three of them, because he's going to get looks in this game if Jimmy Bell is sagging back and doesn't have as, as much foot speed as KJ Adams to keep up with him on the outside, that would really help Kansas because you're going to get a couple open looks, but also it could help you space the floor a little bit more. Matchup number three is the Steels. West Virginia has been top 40 in the country in turnover rate defensively. They also take uh, a good amount of charges. It's going to lead to a lot of possible turnovers. And oddly enough, uh, the turnover rate for West Virginia in their two Big 12 games has completely plummeted. Like through their two Big 12 games, last in the Big 12 in turnover rate defensively after being one of the better teams in the entire country through non-con. I think I trust the overall sample and the body work to say they're a good turnover team than what we've seen in just two games in Big 12 play. But for Kansas, they did a good job against Texas Tech, 12 turnovers. If you told me Kansas is going to have 12 turnovers against West Virginia and Morgantown against a team who can really force a lot of them, I think you take that without a doubt. If you have you know, 11, 12, 13 turnovers, I think you're content with where that number is. If this is a game where you get up to 16, 18, 20, that's where the real problem comes in. Now, on the other end, it's not just West Virginia possibly getting steals and forcing turnovers. The same can be said for Kansas. We haven't seen Kansas get a ton of steals. I mean, they, they got a good amount against Texas Tech. They forced 15 turnovers. A lot of it, though, Texas Tech just maybe making some very errorly passes, like throwing it right to a Kansas player, just losing the ball on the floor. We didn't really see a ton of it against Oklahoma State, a team that did give up a lot of turnovers coming into that game. Maybe this is the game for Kansas. Uh, West Virginia has been good at avoiding turnovers this year on the offensive side of the ball, which I think that helps with having a guy like Joe Toussaint and playing kind of three little guards at different times, but it has dipped in their two big 12 games. So they have been prone in their first two big 12 matchups. Kansas, can you take advantage of that a little bit? And again, back to, can they take care of the ball? Can you win the kind of turnover battle here? Uh, our next matchup is Jalen Wilson versus Trey Mitchell. So Mitchell when he was at Texas last year, played Kansas in the game in Austin. He shortly afterwards left the team, so he didn't play them in the return trip in Lawrence. But Mitchell had 17 points 
in 22 minutes against Kansas in that game in Austin. And he is arguably the top offensive player for West Virginia this year. He gets 13 points per game, but with his versatility on offense, he's number one on the team in offensive BPR per Evan Mia. He's number five in the Big 12 in that rating. He's a really good offensive player that can do it in a lot of different ways. That's going to be a challenge for Jalen Wilson on the defensive side of the ball, and he's given up a little bit of height on the inside. You know who's number one in offense in the Big 12 on offensive BPR, though? That would be Jalen Wilson. Mitchell can struggle to guard in space a little bit. If Jalen tries to post him up, he might not really have that advantage in this game. Might be tough to play bully ball, but Jalen should be able to speed by him and you would think be able to maybe take advantage of some stuff in in three-point shooting on the outside. If he looks like the guy that he did against Texas Tech, three of six from three in the first half, that'd be a huge boon. If he struggles like he did in the second half, goes one of seven from the floor, then you could be in a bit of trouble. But this is a matchup that Jalen's going to have certain strengths on, and there's going to be certain ways that he uh, is going to have a a tough time. And if Trey Mitchell's playing the five, then it changes things up, certainly, when they're playing some of that small ball. And then it's maybe more about how Jalen does on somebody else like Emmett Matthews. But uh, that certainly is going to be an interesting matchup between two of the better players on the floor and two of the better offensive players in the Big 12. The last matchup we have here, this isn't really a matchup, maybe more of a note, but Kevin McCuller bouncing back. Back-to-back games for Kevin McCuller where he has only had seven points, and Kansas, to be at their best, needs him to be an 11, 12, up to 15-point-per-game scorer, being a guy who can get you seven, eight, nine rebounds per game. Rebounds have dropped a little bit, too, over the last few games. He's had some turnover issues against Texas Tech, gets in foul trouble. They need a bounce back from Kevin McCuller. This would be a great spot for it. Now, the defense has been there. It's always been there, and I don't know who he'll match up with if he is uh, guarding Eric Stevenson. I think you feel okay about how that could work out for Kansas but they need him to bounce back on the offensive side of the ball and rebounding as well, especially against a West Virginia team that gets all of those offensive rebounds. What do we know about Kansas? They've been at their best defensive rebounding when the wings crash the glass. So Grady, Dick, Kevin McCuller, Jalen Wilson crashing the glass, and that means you need a big rebounding game from uh, Kevin McCuller after just having a couple of them against Texas Tech. All right, that's our KU West Virginia preview. Um, I'm going to be out of town on Monday. I'm going out to Vegas this weekend for the Chiefs Raiders game. So I'm looking forward to that one, Uh, but I will not be back Monday. So we won't have another show again until next Tuesday. Maybe I'll be able to get one out Monday night, but don't hold your breath. Probably the next show on Tuesday. Coming up on that show, we'll recap the West Virginia game and look ahead to the Oklahoma game, which would be the next game for Kansas. If you have anything you want for the show to talk about, hit us up on YouTube, or you can find me at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see some of you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today. Bye.